Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I am your host, Michael Clark, and today we're talking about our series, Far Better by Learning from the Seven Churches of Asia. This is episode number seven, all-time episode on Scatter the Broad. It's number 135, and today we're beginning a three-week study on Pergamos. Now, I mentioned over the last, what would that be, six weeks, we have talked about two churches specifically, Ephesus and Smyrna. Ephesus had, by all accounts that I can tell, one of the saddest reports because I think it's one of the most on-point letters for today. There are so many places that are struggling with the same things that Ephesus struggled and that they were dealing with. We deal with the same things on a regular basis throughout our country and throughout our world. But then Smyrna was more of a, you know, hey, things are not great. They're going to get worse, but you'll be all right. And we don't, in our country of the United States of America, at least where I live, I cannot tell you that I understand suffering like someone might be able to say in another country that is not accepting of religious acts or even to take it a more pointed step further, they don't respect the church of Christ. So it's harder for us to really understand Smyrna's plight, though it seems to be getting more and more easy. Uh, to see, man, my English is off today. It's easier for us to see today that we could be heading that direction. There is an animosity that just is ever growing within the United States of America towards the church that we could hit a point of Smyrna. But living it is a lot different than reading about it. You know, I, I read about South Africa years and years before I got to go there and heard about it and had heard about Cape Town, but seeing it is something quite different. But today, we shift to a congregation that is concerning. And I hope and pray that no one listening to these next three weeks would sit down and say, wow, we're like Pergamos. We're exactly like Pergamos was. We're, we're, we're not good. Let's get the background as we talk about differences in dwelling. They were a Hellenistic Pergamum that was considered to be the most important city of ancient Mysia. It's located about three miles off the, the Caicos River and sat at an elevation of about 1,300 feet the city itself having been built on a series of terraces. It was known for its wealth and devotion to fashion. It was credited with making, uh, first making parchment and was known as an educational and cultural center in the Roman province of Asia. The city library at one time held over 200,000 volumes, but most of the works were given by Mark Antony to Cleopatra for the library in Alexandria, Egypt. They were idolatrous with statutes to many gods, including an impressive altar devoted to Zeus. Other temples were erected to Athena and Dionysus, the god of wine. Emperor worship is said to have began in Pergamum, and the church likely started after Paul's time in Ephesus, Acts 19, 10, and 26. So there's the brief background. Let's talk about the differences in dwelling. Salutation 
and self-identification. Judgment is coming. Look at verse 12 of Revelation chapter 2. These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. Liken that back to Revelation 1.16 where we're told he had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. We have judgment coming. Judgment upon the Balaamites. Judgment upon the Nicolaitans. And the church is harboring these people. And we'll say more on that next week. But this is sickening that the church would harbor people that are the opposite of what God would want to be a part of the congregation. But does it really surprise you when you look back at Jesus as he stood before a crowd of people that were bloodthirsty? Next to him was a man that was a thief by brutality or a murderous individual. He had committed, committed theft by murder. Killed someone in the process of stealing. And those people, having the choice between someone who was already in prison, sentenced and scheduled to be crucified, and a man named Jesus who there was no fault found by Pilate, yet they cried out for Barabbas to be released and Jesus to be killed. These people the Balaamites, the Nicolaitans, are the very people Ephesus hated. And Pergamos is giving them room and board, so to speak. This should boil your blood. Salutation to the angel of the church in Pergamos write. But then there's some self-identification disgust. I'm the one who has the sharp two-edged sword. Now watch this commendation. I know where you dwell. Now he says he knows their works too, but he he follows that up with, and where you dwell. I'm aware of what your location is, and it's where Satan's throne is. Uh, The throne would be a, a seat of authority, a Pergamum, of course, the official capital of the Roman province, a seat of state religion or emperor worship, as we mentioned earlier. And Satan's influence was great in the persecution of Christians from this seat of authority. Where Satan dwells. Hmm. The New King James Version also points out it's where Satan's throne is. They had a temple to Zeus, and it never had really dawned on me before, but Jesus is saying here, it's not Lord Caesar, it's not the God of healing, and it's not Zeus, though by all accounts he'd been regarded as the most high Greek God. Consider this source that I found talking about Zeus. Zeus is the strongest of the gods in the ancient Greek religion because he has both power and intelligence. He is able to ensure that he is not replaced by another more powerful deity. Where Satan's throne is, can I submit to you today 
that there is nothing more like Satan's throne than that of the temple of Zeus. A place where people would go to worship an idol god. An idol god. Who many considered to be the most high of Greek mythology. And this source we mentioned says he's able to ensure he's not replaced by another more powerful deity, meaning he's more powerful than any deity around. Tell me that that does not strike you as some of the most blasphemous idolatry that you could find. Yes, all idolatry is created equal in that it is a worship of a false god. But there are some idolatrous gods that stand above the pack. You remember Molech, right? We talked about him last season. I think Molech would be ranked fairly high on the blasphemous side of things as a deity would be concerned, idolatrous-wise. Sacrifice your children to me was what they supposed Molech wanted. And here we are in Pergamos and we're told where Satan's throne is. It's not Zeus. It's not Asclepios the Savior. It's not Lord Caesar. It, it's Jesus Christ that is the one who is here. Hold fast to my name, he says in verse 13. You hold fast. You did not deny my faith even in the days in which Antiochus was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. The faith. It reminds me of Acts 6 and verse 7. Then the word of God spread. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Church didn't deny But then we shift to a condemnation. I do have a few things against you. I want you to think about something here. How can we have commendation and condemnation all in one? It is possible to be doing what is right in so many areas and still have room for growth. Those of us that are privileged to have children, have you ever both commended your child and also condemned them within the same breath? Our six-year-old is learning, and sometimes he'll be rambunctious and he's excited and, you know, we've got family visiting or some friends over and he wants to show out because he loves them and wants to, you know, enjoy the night like we are. And sometimes I'll say, son, I know that you are just trying to do this to have fun and I understand completely that you're not trying to be disruptive or anything, but, but you are inadvertently, you, you know, you're being disruptive. If a parent can both commend and condemn within the same breath, can't our Father, can't our Savior? You're doing well, 
I know where you dwell. I, I know it's not easy. But I have a few things against you. Lord willing, next week, we want to pick up with verse 14 and talk about what Pergamos was doing that was giving them such a bad reputation in the Lord's mind. But until then, let's not forget to please God now so our eternity can be far better.